Maria supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Sending out good vibes. at least in your mind, you know, and maybe in real life, it helps keep external influences from negatively affecting. And then it also kind of tunes you into the elements. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grimerica Show. Uh, we are going to be chatting with Daniel Sitaram Das Shankin a little bit later about his psilocybin summit coming up and all sorts of hallucinogenic and entheon-based chatter. Of course, it's a little interesting because Michael, a friend of the show, Michael Truffaut is in the studio, and these two, turns out, they have a couple mutual friends from back in the day, so it's uh, an interesting episode, to say the least. Now it looks like uh, we'll have a Grimerica presence at the Psilocybin Summit, doing some helping out with a friend of the show, Tom Hatsis, and, and whatever else they can dream up for us over there. And then we got everybody's favorite podcaster, Graham. Fuck you and your mushrooms, Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? What? Uh, what? You don't have to get so. Oh, you're not that hateful. No, of course. Why would I be? Could I be on? I used to love could I, mushrooms. Could someone on mushrooms come to see Seti? No, you probably shouldn't. No, no, huh? you probably shouldn't. It's CE five, anyways. Yeah. Why? Does that affect your branding? Are you trying to rebrand? <clears throat> well, yeah, trying to be all inclusive. Okay. Instead of just you know. The C-SETI is kind of a brand, right? It is a brand. CE5 is like... You should be G-SETI. Like, I mean, look at that. That's Close Encounters of the Third Kind right on the wall. This is just stepping it up from that. CE5, very... What about GE5? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think mushrooms are great. I was just thinking about that. Like, how, you know, it'd be great if people could use... I was reading through the quote book for quotes, and there's a lot on the uh, big pharma control and all that, and it'd be great if people could use psilocybin to, to heal and stuff, you know, a little bit more. Absolutely. 100%. Well, I told you I've been reading that book, The Surrender Experiment, and it's uh, the the beginning of the book's great because he talks about how he ends up, you know, building this house on this five, he buys this five acres of land, and he, like, starts building this, his one meditation hut on it. It oh. ends up, like, expanding to the end. It ends up being, like, this hundreds of acres spiritual retreat, and, like, spiritual leaders are coming through and staying, and it all, like just sort of manifested from his surrender to the flow of life. Wow. So he just stopped listening to the voice in his head completely. He's like, what, in my sense, that voice in your head is always wrong. So he's, sometimes it's so intuition, he gives a life right? Of sometimes surrendering. So how do you... At the end of it, he ends up a multi-billionaire of a software company and he's got no training. It's just, it's unbelievable. Well, what, so really? Yeah. What about intuition? What about how you follow that? Like that's not in your head though. That's not. So the he voice thinks in your head, his voice would be the intuition is behind it. Behind but you the know awareness what's behind it? The, it, you mean it, it the, behind it as in watching it, or behind it as in no? I don't motivating know. Motivating it. Maybe the the. I think the intuition. I guess by his definition. I mean, maybe we can have him on the show. But I would guess by his definition, the intuition would be more of life. You know, your intuition is you sinking in with life. And he, he brings up the term synchronicity all the time. 
and uh, and synchronous, which is an interesting take on it. I haven't word synchronous events. Yeah, but uh, it really seems like it goes down that line of just like. And the other thing is, is that he was talks about how he was always just worrying about how his whatever he was doing was going to help people. So he ends up starting all these little companies, not even to start them as companies. Really, he's just trying to help people out. And then he ends up being a multi-billionaire in the end. It's kind of interesting how it all sort of, it fits in. It came at a good time in my life to fit in with some of the other literature yeah, I've been piling totally. through from a completely different yeah. uh, viewpoint. But I mean, when we started this seven years ago, six years ago, and we, I remember talking, I remember sending a note to Micah Hanks. At so the anyway, Alien Report. just wait, I'm not done. Okay. So I'm in the middle of uh, this book and friend of the show Brando emails me. He's like, you know, if the Randall event's going to be at that lodge, maybe we got to set up like more of a traditional CAC on my land. Yes. And we're like, yeah. And then he's That's like, That's a great idea. He's like, we could get T Bone and Ryan over him. We'll all come down for a week and we'll start building some structures. Maybe we could build this big main cabin that can sleep like 30 people. And, and it's just while I'm listening to this book about yeah. Buddy building this thing yeah. on five acres of land. And Brandon's right. got five acres of land. Yeah. Surrounded by other but five acres. That's a great idea, though. It's a great idea. We'll go I down mean, for a long weekend. I'll drive down for a long weekend and help. That yeah, I think we, it's something we should really start considering. Yeah. It was the Gramerica Compound. I think we should find a better name for it that sounds less like... Culty? Uh, it comes, comes off as culty a little bit, and it could also come off as like homegrown militia Yeah, you don't I don't want to be that, like associated yeah. with either yeah. of those things. So maybe you can send us a name for the physical Gramerica Utopia. We could do a couple cacks there a year. Like just weekend long. Yeah. It's easy for us to get yeah. to. I mean, yeah. it's not that easy, but it's a day's drive. Yeah, because yeah. the Randall one's not really a fit because it's a tour. Yeah, one, right? and then so, this is more we're looking at. You just show up. And, and you just hang yourself. out there. You yeah. hang out there. Maybe you go around a little bit from there, yeah. but, but, you know. And we can start doing a few of those a year, see how that works out. You feed yourself. And I said it just eventually it turns into, yeah, I'm not, like, it wouldn't be a ticketed event, I don't think. No. It would just be... Grammar Fest. Yeah. Well, first it would just be contact at the cabin, and a few years out it probably ends up as some sort of fucked up festival. Yeah. I mean, it, you might as well a, have a festival. That's a great If you have idea. conferences, you might as well have festivals. Remember when you said you never do a conference? Now you're brainstorming a festival. I can see the gears turning. Yeah, it's just not not the type of conference. Anyway, like the, the one we're... The one those are all pipe dreams. We're going to talk to Brando a bit about... We're going to have to get down there eventually. Yeah. we got to get down to Richard Gage's to... Too. Yeah, yeah. What's new? Somebody in the chats today was saying, uh, "When are you gonna have him back on?" I don't on? know. There's he was just on tinfoil hat, so listen to that and let me know. <sighs> okay, I'm going on tinfoil hat actually. Good for you. You wanna come? Sure. All right, you're in. Or you can whatever. If you want to do it on your own, like I kind of like I having you around. Okay, you make me feel safe. Okay. What? Uh, how was squatching? It was. Uh, so we canceled the live show Wednesday. Everyone's wondering why there's no live show. It's because Graham went squatching. Well, it's kind of a CE5 squad. We saw a bunch of UFOs and yeah, little uh, fast walkers. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, didn't, you know, hear or see any. Are you going to play the tape of the snoring? No. Because I, I, I'm driving around today and we've got a little group message going with uh, it's us and uh, our watcher, Brandon, down in Montana who, who tunes in when we're doing interviews and does some like on the fly fact checking for us and stuff like that. And they're messaging in there and uh, Graham says, well, I didn't get any Sasquatch video, but I did manage to get some good audio of the guys all snoring. 
which I just thought was a little bit of voyeurism. So I thought you were going to play it on the show. I figured that was why you recorded it. Well, I, I haven't even listened to it yet, except for what I showed you, like 20 seconds of it. It's pretty how, loud. How long is it? I don't know. It's four minutes. I was hoping, well, as I was doing it, I was kind of drifting up? off or you got up asleep. Or, so did you stay up till that time? No, no. Oh, no you no, fell asleep and woke fall, up? Oh, yeah. Woke up to some sounds. It's pretty freaky. They had the whole campsite to themselves. So we're but you were in a there. house, weren't you? Or it was like a little shack with a fireplace. So it's not even like a tent. So you're inside a structure. But there's windows everywhere, and there's a there's a mink running around in the walls. It's it's weird because okay. we were gonna sleep under the stars, but it was cold. It was really cold, and then it's freaky out there sleeping out in the sleeping bag. Like if what if Sasquatch is roaming around there? It's a hot spot. There's all kinds of activity, and I tell you, I did hear. I haven't talked to them yet because I left and went to work. Mm-hmm. But I heard stuff in the middle of the night, like bangs. But banging on trees. I don't. I don't know. Because it's you're half asleep and then it happens and and then I'm thinking was that a did I just hear a bang? But they were snoring so loud I couldn't really tell sometimes if it was a snore or a bang. We'll have to play the tape and let the listeners decide for themselves. Now this is out by uh, Red Creek someplace. We should have sold this as Bigfoot sounds. <laughs> I know that's what I was gonna do. What is- It sounds like it. <laughs> well, those guys aren't having any trouble sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, try and sleep through that. Absolutely. No kidding. Anyways, it was fun. It was uh, a good time. Great, yeah. Beautiful spot. Going back. After this. You're going back again right yeah. after you're doing your September camping. Yeah. So what I was thinking, though, is I was lying there. I was like, what if I just have this on during the night and then wait for noises? Like, how Why don't you leave you... it outside? Maybe Bigfoot will throw some selfies Well, on tonight is hot enough. Maybe we will stay outside. But it's kind of scary, actually. It's a bit freaky. How many of you are there? There's four of us. And you're scared? Well, I... It's when you're sleeping, you know, what if the thing comes to you, right? And just like, you know, remember Keenan was in the studio mm-hmm. and he had that hand grip him on the head. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. No, no tent. What if you're just sleeping out on the picnic tables or like there's no tent to, between you? Not that, you know, a little nylon tent's going to help at all, but hmm. yeah. And then well, there's the bears and the cats and stuff too, which are, you know, they, I mean, I don't know. It's just weird. It shouldn't be such a... Graham gets dragged off by a bear. <laughs> I think, think the guys would help you out. I think you're faster than a couple of those guys. Yeah, it wouldn't be the slowest in the pack, I don't yeah, think. That's but, all. You know. You're good. Yeah, that's true. You're good. That's true. Good to go. So what do you got? Uh, well, I got some quotes. I got an email, a couple of emails to read. and uh... Ooh, anything. Uh... Here, let's do this first. Let's send these mofos some good vibes because it's been a while. One of the 
the channels is cut out. What the heck? It's not saying your stuff. It should be supposed to be saying. Yeah, it was. I heard it. 108 yeah. breaths. Yeah, I heard it before. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Fair enough. So. Do you want? Uh, so I, I did. I do have this weird one since it's kind of still nine eleven, right? In a way, it's it was just yesterday. I do have a, a theory that somebody sent us. That's kind of interesting. It's really esoteric. It's out there. Okay, I can read it if you want. Sure. Because it is interesting how people in the chats were saying that the new evidence is out, and I did see that video of where was that from? The video of the Pentagon being hit by a missile. Oh, that's Is the, uh, I think that's from the weather tower in Washington. Yeah, that's, uh, that was just someone, I think it was Zulu in the chats. Yeah. Is that what they were talking about by new evidence or? No. Is that real? Do you think that video? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Cause I did question, I think it was one of our guests that didn't think that anything was nefarious with the. With the Pentagon, yeah. I but think I, that, I don't know why. I think he part of that, that is so. that the I think AE from nine eleven Truth doesn't want to go down that road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've got weird. their thing, right? They've it's got weird. Their thing. when you're shooting missiles in, you know, inside the most heavily secured airspace on the planet, and missiles are getting in there. Then that's a pretty big conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Way bigger than anyone can put explosives in buildings, right? Yeah. I could do it. I didn't do it. Well, okay. I can't do it. I might actually edit that out. I don't need a recording of me saying that any place on the internet. But uh, I, well, I was more getting on the, set, on the point that, you know, it's a lot, I think it's a lot less of a plot to get bombs into a building. To demo it. Yeah under the cover of darkness than it is to, you know, if you're shooting a missile inside the U.S. at the Pentagon, somebody knows about that shit. Brian was talking about last night about another researcher we should have on. She's written four books or maybe more than that even. And I was surprised I hadn't heard her name really. But, I mean, we don't dig too deep into this. But she's apparently she went to a plane graveyard in California and actually found the two planes that were supposedly the ones that hit the towers. And she's all over. She also said that there was a Japanese art project. The exact windows that the planes hit were part of an art project where they had a balcony out there and they're doing art on the windows. Really? I mean, if can you imagine that? If that's really the case? Like, why haven't we heard that yet? Huh. But, I mean, that's pretty weird. That opens up a whole other can of worms. But we should have her on. I was trying to find it right now. Um I gotta get some WD-40 for this chair. I can't remember her name. You know, he told me like three or four times what her name was, and I'm just, uh, I should have put it in my phone. Brian but from I, the hat? Yeah. Oh, you'll get it. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I trust you. Oh, he's got a gift for you, too. For me? Yeah. What kind I of gift? I forgot to bring it. Oh, you'll see next time. Is it psychoactive? No. Oh, okay. So here's here's this theory. This is from, uh, can he, does he say I can say his name? From Dan. So here's a theory that may not have been explored for you to run with. What if an advanced alien species not only engineered 9-11 here on Earth, but has also done this event on thousands or even millions of worlds around the Milky Way? What if the construction of the two towers and their subsequent collapses are just part of this alien species' repetitive ritualistic master plan in the molding and developing of planets, evolving species, in order to 
prod them up to speed for assimilation. Intergalactic false flag. An event that accelerates a race when the time is right. When a species gets up to the point where we were circa 1950 to 2000, then the aliens implement and spring their event. The mind control circles of power on the planet and then get them to build the two tall towers as well, get them to execute the plans exactly as we witnessed them here on Earth. What if the aliens have done this so many times that they have perfected it? In fact, they knew from experience that it did not actually have to be perfect. Not only did they know it would succeed with all the glaring blunders, but that the blunders help in faster development as it better divides the planet's people and exposes all those who might cause problems. They know that the majority of the masses will not see the truth, but a few will, and they just need to keep an eye on it as it will bring them out of the woodwork. This is, yeah, interesting. Kind of reminds me of the Archons, you know? Like, Is he citing any sources? No, dude, oh. this is like a, a total pet theory of his. What if aliens have actually done this a million times and know exactly how it's going to go every time? Maybe if they botched a few worlds in the beginning, but has long ago been perfected. What if this is why we have not been contacted yet? Well, I would disagree with that. Because they have a stronghold on developing and colonizing planets in this region of the galaxy, which would therefore not allow contact from any other alien species out there, as this colonizing alien race wields the power and is able to block all other potential contact. They have not contacted us until now because they wait for us to evolve to a certain stage. Maybe the Earth's giant ancient race of 13,000 years ago would have been the ones to actually have the two towers, but they were wiped out by the meteor, so it was set back until we came along. What if all this new tech coming, like Neuralink, etc., are part of the assimilation process? This would include the Roswell crash, putting thoughts into people like Tesla and Einstein, the major world wars, etc. What if millions of races on other planets have all lived through a similar 9-11 event before being folded into this ever-expanding alien race? If this is not the case, no doubt, it is something that we eventually would be capable of doing in this region of the galaxy. That is until we come up against a competitor from another part of the galaxy. Then it's galactic war. Uh, we'd be crushed. No, I think that after billions of years that we cannot be the first and that we are being colonized right now. 9-11 was an outside job for, for sure. If you like this idea, run with it. I just want the idea out there for people to consider. I sent this to League Project and was going to get that. He just talks about sending it to other things. Well, thanks so much for carving out your place in the enrichment of our lives. Thanks for being authentic. Thanks for adding character and variety to the world. Interesting. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Actually, it is interesting because it's, to me, it smacks of the Archon thing. If, you you know, people are looking at the Archons and they're controlling the elite of the world and there is this influence. Put on your conspiracy hat. Put on your conspiracy hat, but don't be scared to live. That is imperative. Dissect the narrative. Darren's a small less skeptical, and Graham believes everything. <laughs> Graham, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Sincerely, the king of jingles. That's just tongue in cheek. Listen to Grammarica every week. Team Graham. Nice. Okay, I got something's it. going on. With okay, the jingle I'm going to give. Uh, this is like a support uh, feedback kind of uh, support email. the show. 
America.ca slash support. All right. This is from Here for the Cryptids. Here for the Cryptids. Yeah. Oh. You guys are blowing me away. I need to up my donation to better support the work you are doing. I'm currently a 555 month subscriber. Let's five boy. times that and go 2775 monthly. Wow. Fantastic. If you, need, you get topless pictures of Graham at that level. If you need level. any account, hey, no more talking about my boobs, dude. That's twice husband. two fucking intros in a you row for hard, some reason. Well, your nipples are hard. <laughs> Stop looking at <laughs> If you need any account verification to make sure you amend the right guy, just let me know. Sorry, the dub- double content push didn't get as many new subscribers as hoped for. Hopefully this will help out. Instead of two every week, have you guys batted around the idea of doing three every 14 days? A bit of the middle ground between the old model and the content push. And yes, we have. And actually, that's kind of what we're going to be doing, I think. That's kind of what we're going to be doing. But yeah. it, it, the problem with that is sometimes you end up with uh, episodes that you got to push out ahead and it ends up being like two weeks of two instead of, you know, three every 14 days. Yeah, but, you guys will just end up getting more shows. And yeah. hopefully that uh, is enough to make We're going to kind of do like an extra two shows a month that'll end up being We Figure. Probably, so, yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, yeah. It's part of the extra content. Looks like CACs are going to become a thing. Yep. Real, you know, there'll be a CAC sort of festival aspect of things that doesn't cost a ticket price that you just sort of show up and hang out and maybe we do it by, that's where we can do your value for value CACs. Yeah. We'll put a jar at the beginning. Everyone throws in. We can use that to pitch in for, for supplies. Yeah. And uh, we do a couple weekends a year down there in Wenatchee. We could have some campsites. Um, and eventually while we're there, CACing will be, Maybe putting up a couple of structures. As a note, subscribing and supporting has been a blessing to my life. For anyone who is not doing this, you are only cheating yourself. Getting to be an integral part of a continued functioning of Grimerica and its ability to distribute content is an amazing thing. The community is unlike any other, and there's a definite increase in ownership felt once donating. Your interviews always leave me refreshed, clear of mind, more desirous of goodness and truth and an experience, a greater sense of love for my fellow man. I'm confident that my financial support is helping to make the world a better place and is helping to stimulate the type of positive thought and focus that the world needs. In my career, I know Grimerica has made a positive impact on my success at such a relatively young age. I'm able to think clearly, remain calm under fire and better relate to those around me by applying the concepts I have learned in listening to your show. I recently transitioned roles to get in on the ground floor of a very promising company. I'm situated very well, and if all goes as projected, I can hopefully do another five times increase in the next 24 to 36 months. You boys deserve every cent of that and more. Thank you for creating such a wonderful community and body of content. Off to do push-ups. I'm challenging Darren to a throwdown once I make it to CAC. First of all, thank you very much. Thank you for the very humbling email. Um, you know, that's funny. That did turn out to be one of the things of the show. Just try to make the world a better place. Yep. And it wasn't think, something we were thinking about in the beginning. It just sort of happened. Um, secondly, there's no chance that you'll beat me at the push-up showdown. But St. Pauli will. But the last thing I think, I think uh, Grin was only at like 12. So I've got a pretty big jump there. i got a pretty big cushion. As long as I don't let off, I should be okay. Of course, winter's coming. I feel like winter might be what gets you. It was a winter that got you. Got me what? In shape? 
Out of shape. Out of shape. It happened. No, it was winter. probably D and D, really. But nah, this has been going on longer than D and D. No way. Might have been Game of Thrones. No way. I'm there. Someone go back through the tape and figure out no. where Graham's slippery slope started. We could use that as an example in our slippery slope <laughs> argument. No. Okay. What else you got? I got a great synchronicity. Okay. And it's too, I've been holding on to it for too long. So let's get Okay. It which jingle do you want? I'll let Syn- you pick. I don't know. Original? I want the, no, I want the Guns N' Roses one. Okay. I want a good skull from a synchronicity. Graham reads it out, then Dara might give it to me. Hey, don't you please read it low? Yeah, yeah. Have you talked to any of those guys from that made that jingle over what the years? Those guys, I don't know. The reflective air guys? No, I think it was just made from the one guy. No, well, he hasn't yeah, been in have contact you talked for to those guys? Are they? No, it's been a couple of years. Maybe you now. should send out a feeler yeah, and just. Yeah, just, I'll do it right now. Okay. Oh, no. Hey, we okay. agreed no more psychic communication since that shit got left behind in Portland. Oh, Seaside. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Graham. Just wanted to say first thank to you. Thanks to you and Darren for both. For giving me a shout out on the air for the TV that I brought up. I really made my. Day, <clears throat> it really made my day and the four hours of drive totally worth it. I've been meaning to write a crazy synchro that blew my mind a couple months ago. I know it may not seem significant to most, but it really stopped me dead in my tracks. So here goes. As Darren may remember, I work at one of the coal mines in BC operating heavy machinery. Yeah, we went to lunch. Awesome. Yeah. Since we work on a mountain outside of any light pollution, it offers great sky watching opportunities during the night shift, which I often take advantage of. Most of the time, I'm looking for strange lights. I'll write another email sometime later about the only one I've seen. But sometimes I just stare at the universe while asking questions about life out loud in hopes I can find some sort of solution in this crazy, tangled existence. Well, one night at the beginning of summer, I was feeling the lowest and most low I felt in a very long time. After depression kicking my ass all winter, troubles in my relationship, troubles in my work life, and just struggling to make ends meet, I felt absolutely fucking done and lost. At 2 o'clock in the morning, while parked for coffee break, I stood outside my equipment with the engine turned off, staring at the night sky in total silence while pondering everything. The valley below us is covered in low-laying fog, so the town lights were barely visible as a sparkling glow. The dark mountains across stretch massively upwards, with a lightning store in the ranges beyond, silhouetting them in front all topped with the entire entire stretch of the Milky Way ascending vertically above. Feeling humbled by the scene, I decided to ask the universe, what the fuck is going to happen to me? Where the fuck am I going to go? What the fuck do I do? As I was finished my break, I noticed a couple clouds straight above the valley that hadn't been there a few minutes before and thought to myself, huh, that one looks like an arrow pointing straight west. (laughs) For a few split seconds, I entertained the idea that the universe was pointing me west where my lady and a dream, I had a dream of living in the forest close enough to the ocean so we could go scuba diving every week. I quickly shoot my head. I quickly shook my head and put it off as a wishing for an immediate answer in a form of pareidolia. Fast forward four hours. At the end of the same shift, while I'm listening to Grimerica episode 357 with Joshua Kutchen. And he's talking about the Ape Canyon attack 
Word for word, he says, Fred Beck was looking for a mining claim and he was told by a spiritual being that he would find a white arrow that was supposed to guide him to it. So him and this miner saw a white arrow in the sky guiding them to this mining claim. Once they were there, they actually heard sounds of machinery underground. I instantly stopped and exclaimed out loud, what the hell? Then replayed it twice just to be sure. Blew me away. Anyways, sorry for the long ramble, but I hope you appreciate it. I don't care what Darren rates it as long as it ends in a .42. Also, if you read this on the show, my friend, home, or whom, is a skeptic on synchros will most likely pester me about it. So it would make both of our days if you could give him a preemptive fuck you, cow, for me. <laughs> That's Graham's apartment. You ready? Yeah. One, two, three. I'm not saying fuck oh, you to someone yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. You All do right. it. I just did. Cheers, guys. Brandon. All right. Thanks, All right, buddy. Brandon. That's I'm going to give crazy. you 6.42. Oh, that's got to be way more than that. That's That doesn't give it justice. It's, gotta it's be a like 6.14. No, no, no. Yeah. It's got to be more Take than it that. easy. Take it easy. He gave it's us a, a TV, too. It's a clock. All right, 7.42. But it's, I mean, come on. Okay. That, he says Take that, clouds hey, appear with an arrow, then he listens lobbyist? to the white arrow. You're a synchro lobbyist? Uh, you're hard. No, 6.42 is right. It's a cloud, bro. Dude, it, he just heard our podcast, and we were involved in it, saying that he's, they're supposed to follow Listen, the white arrow. I love Brandon. He's a great guy. Went for lunch with him. But it's a cloud. I need to see the cloud. I know you're not cloud. You're not. You're, one day you'll. I have you'll trouble with the cloud. Thing. I know it's tough. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to run a reputable synchronicity <laughs> rating operation here. I can't be caught up in the clouds. I'm sorry. So uh, seriously, guys, support the show. Grandamerica.ca/support. We'll leave it short and sweet on the support. Begging for money this week because Graham wants to go looking for squatch on your behalf as usual. If Graham finds a squatch, who do you think is going to find out first? You motherfuckers. That's right. So support the show, grabamerica.ca slash support. Maybe you could review the show, sign up for the newsletter, then sign some strangers up for the newsletter. We're going to do some quotes and get out of here. You want to do a quote, couple quotes? Let's just do one this week. You oh, got to do I got, three. I got two lined up. But... Okay, fine. I can't find the, uh, I'm having a little trouble finding the jingle right now for some reason. Uh, not that one, not that one, not that one. Well, this is embarrassing. You know, this is like the third time I've lost this jingle. Wow. Okay, let's just pretend uh, there's a jingle there. Uh, I'm still looking. I'm going deep. That's the old one, right? Mm, I don't see it here anywhere. How's okay. that possible? How is this possible? I don't know. It wasn't meant meant to be. What is it? The quote, right? Profound quote. Yeah. But it's I a new one, right? Is I that what you're looking for? was that one. There it is. It's the profound quote. I like this one, actually. All oh, right. That's the one that cuts off. Okay. Ah, so anyways. We're really this, so I got this one operation. for the new, for the new, for, I don't know if this is new evidence, but for that thing we talked about, about okay. the Pentagon. So okay. this is just one, one last 9-11 um, thing here. So a while ago, I was I walked right up next to the building. Firefighters were still trying to put out the blaze. The fire, by the way, is still burning in some parts of the Pentagon. And I took a look at the huge gaping hole that's in the side that's in this sideway. 
But from close-up inspection, there's no evidence of a plane having crashed anywhere near the Pentagon. The only site is the actual site side of the building that's crashed in. And as I said, the only pieces left that you can see are small enough that you can pick them up in your hand. There's no large tail sections, wing sections, fuselage, nothing like that anywhere around. That was from Jamie McIntyre, CNN, military affairs correspondent. Still alive? Must be fake news. Must be. Or he doesn't work for CNN anymore. <laughs> exactly. He was fired after that day. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think that it seemed like there was still some, you know, yeah. news coverage then. I mean, yeah. there was a bunch of news outlets saying yeah. stuff about the passport being sketchy and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there was like a couple weeks later, they all fell in line. And this is kind of, uh, this isn't one for, kind of for this episode with psilocybin. Is it's called, it's from the chapter. Again, I'm reading out of the octopus of the global control. Let's declare a jihad on the FDA. And if instead of drugs like warfarin, I don't know, I'm not going to be able to pronounce these ones, the bagatrin, levoflaxin, carboplatin, and lysinopril, the five leading killers in the FDA database. The massive numbers of deaths per year were led by ginkgo, ginseng, vitamin D, niacin, and raw milk. What do you think would happen? I'll tell you what would happen. SEALs, Delta Force, SWAT teams, snipers, predator drones, tanks, and infantry would be attacking every health food store in America. The resulting fatalities would be written off as necessary collateral damage in the fight to keep America safe and healthy. Careful what you wish for. It happened yet. We could be the first ones off to the gulag around here, knock on wood. And that was John Rappaport, author of Why the FDA Should Be Charged with Murder. He's also been on the show once or twice? Uh, I think twice, he was on I think. once, I think. Wasn't it twice? We should have him on again. Yeah, we should. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed our lazy ramblings. We think you'll enjoy this chat with Dan even better. And friend of the show, Michael Truffaut, joins us. Enjoy the chat with Dan. you guys don't have TAM integration stickers on your laptops. <laughs> we'll get mine. some. Send me some. I will, I'll send, I'll send. Mine needs more. Can you see mine? I don't know if you can see my laptop. I guess you can. All right, I'll just do a quick bio here. So we've got Daniel Shankin with us tonight. Little uh, last minute, last minute uh, interview scheduled by our friend Michael here. 
He's been a leadership coach with a heavy emphasis on uh, mindfulness and somatics and a yoga teacher who ran the yoga studio eventually. He also runs Mount Tam, Psychedelic Integration, and he's hosting the upcoming upcoming, uh, Psilocybin Summit, which is a, I believe it's like a virtual type summit. So we want to talk about that. Uh, Welcome to the show and thanks for coming on, Daniel. Thanks for having me. It's kind of uh, good to realize that you guys exist. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, we've done a, quite a few shows on psychedelics and stuff, and Dar- I mean, Darren, I've done Dan- shows on psychedelics. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Welcome to Grand maybe Marathon. even. What's with the past tense? What? It's just only in the past. You didn't bother to get high for me. Well, I smoked a little <laughs> weed. All right, good enough. All right. Next, I, I mean, it's kind of an event. Yeah, I, I usually don't eat mushrooms for interviews. It's a bit much. I do have some DMT in the drawer. I'm humming and hawing on. I was actually going to do it on Sunday, and I chickened out again. Just wasn't mm. feeling it in the morning. I felt like I need to be in the zone, and I wasn't feeling like I was in the zone. But I put it off to possibly this Friday. We shall see. You've been putting it off since I met you. I've been putting like it off for years two years ago. or three. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> putting it off is sometimes an intelligent choice. Yeah. So do you microdose uh, mushroom psilocybin then? Like all the time? Me? Oh, me? Yeah, you. Um, no, I don't. Mush- I don't microdose. Oh, okay. Psilocybin all all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's well, there, really. I hear there are some you know, people that are doing that now, though. Right. Yeah. Right, and you know James Fadiman's protocol would say try one day on and two days off. Have you guys heard about that? How much on? Yeah, but it doesn't make sense to me, really, because you. I thought you would want to keep, like, maybe go five on, two off, something like that, where you could keep that daily kind of thing going. But right, I mean, there's various protocols for sure, yeah. and I guess it's up to yeah. each person to figure out for themselves what works. And you know, the nice thing about what Fadiman says is he was like, just try it this way for a month and see what you learn, and then maybe do something else for a time. Yeah. Um, but so it's one of the things that I really find is, is good with something like this is, is when people have some kind of personal discipline, right? I mean, we all kind of grew up a little bit recreational, just kind of rushing into like whatever was happening and yep. doing as much as we could, yep. like whenever we could. Yeah. And now, you know, I'm hearing things like, oh, you know, I've got something in the drawer, but it's not the right time, you know? And that shows a little bit of like self-reflection, a little bit of self-awareness, right? As opposed to just like the best time to do it is now, and the best amount to do is all. Well, I like uh, what you I like what up. you said on the. I heard you on that. I think it was the Psychedelics Today podcast, and you're saying you advocate for meditation as opposed to psychedelics. And if that like that's right. the you know if that if it comes in afterwards and you've got some kind of base, maybe is what you meant. I'm not sure. Um. Well, I mean, one of the things that. I mean, for me, what I found is like when I started, when I started using psychedelics, you know, I was, I was a kid, I was like really young. I was 13 or 14. Um, probably a lot of us were, and it was just a good time. You know, I had like a good, like six or seven years of just a really just, just fun with my friends. Um, and then at some point I kind of learned about meditation and then all of a sudden things took on like an entirely new dimension. Mm. And I found that there were like different ways to kind of work with myself and different ways to learn about myself and different ways to grow. 
and even some things that kind of put into context experiences that I had had in the past. Right. Yeah, um, that's interesting. And, and at the same time, what I'm finding, what we're discovering, right, with all of the, the new literature that's coming out, the new studies and the people writing the books and things like that, it's attracting an entirely new audience. So people who maybe just weren't berserkers when they were kids are like, oh, I think this might help. Like, what do I do to maximize the potential of benefit and minimize the potential of like freaking myself out or causing some harm or something like that? Because these are more cautious people. And so the answer that I come up with again and again is, well, you meditate, right? You gain some control over your mind so that when you're in a place where your mind's a little bit more wild, you've got like, you know how to sail, you know how to sail the ship a little bit more. Oh, that's interesting. Being mindful of that, what's happening in there. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, I don't know if you've ever, one of the examples that I use as far as like, you know, understanding how the body works, right? Like, you know, doing a little bit of yoga, just, you know, not necessarily like too much, but just kind of enough to know when you're holding tension in your body, when you're uptight about something, when you're upset and how that manifests is like maybe tension in the body. There have been times when I've been kind of high and all of a sudden I had this sense that maybe something was wrong. And I was like, oh my God, like something about bad is about to happen or like something weird is going on or something's not okay. And then I would, whatever, I would take a quick scan and it was like, well, maybe, you know, your shoulders are all tight. Your fists are balled up. Maybe you want to like just relax your shoulders and take a few breaths. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, actually everything's cool. (laughs) It's just some old pattern gets caught up you know things get a little weird or uncomfortable and we get a little tense and we don't realize that it's just an old pattern of how we deal with un- discomfort do you think yeah more control over that in a psychedelic state like is that something you can do like right now like when you get tense in your shoulders and your neck and your back now can you just sort of breathe that out with without stretch or you know did you notice it to be more having a little more control over the body when you're in that state? Well, what I have, I mean, I think it's a Navy SEAL thing. You ever listen to like the Jocko podcast? You familiar with that guy? He's like friends with Joe Rogan and all that kind of stuff. This guy named Jocko. He's a interesting cat. And one of the things that I guess they say in the Navy SEALs is that like when things get rough, you don't rise to the occasion as much as you fall to your level of practice. Like you kind of default when things, when the chips are down, you kind of default to like some sort of ordinary thing, if that makes sense. Um, Some kind of old pattern. And so if you have practiced doing some of this stuff, that when it's important, you've got it. Does that make sense? So it's like if you kind of train in it before the ceremony or what have you before the journey, you're more likely to have it to rely on. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, And so training people to recognize that, Oh, maybe this situation isn't scary. Maybe just, I, maybe I just have some unresolved fear. What are you guys going to do at the summit? What are we going to do at the summit? (laughs) Well, Check out, look for unresolved fear. Um, maybe. Um, we're going to have four days of expert speakers. Um, we're going to have people who have worked down in 
in Mexico in the Mazatec tradition, right? So, you know, the Mazatecs in, in Huatla, Mexico, have been using psilocybin in their ceremonies for ages. And there are kind of shamanic traditional traditions down there. And there are syncretic traditions that um, have sort of been Catholicized. And so there's these, these, um, these Catholics down there who call the mushrooms the little saints. And they have altars set up for, you know, Jesus and Mary. And they eat mushrooms and they pray to Mary to remove um, their pain and their sickness. So... Uh, I've got a couple of people who worked closely with them coming. Um, we just today added the test pilot roundtable. So the test pilot roundtable is a group of people who did the John Hopkins studies. Oh. Right? It's, it's real interesting. Like in Baltimore, there's all these psychedelic societies around the world now. Um, and if people are listening and you know you're curious about this, you might discover when you look that there's a psychedelic society in your backyard of just people getting together and discussing these topics or having speakers or, you know, drinking cacao together or doing whatever, whatever the hell they do. Um, the Baltimore group was founded by people who had done John Hopkins studies, right? Cause they're doing a lot of psilocybin studies out there and they're in Baltimore. And so they're testing on these people and then just sending them back out into the world. So they formed a psychedelic society. And we thought it would be neat to talk to some of them because we've talked to a lot of the scientists, right? If you want to listen to a researcher for John Hopkins speak, you can go into YouTube and there's dozens of them. And we're even going to have one or two at the summit, but we haven't talked a lot to the people who went through the experience, right? What is it like to do psilocybin in um, a controlled environment like that? What is it like to work with you know, researchers and physicians and to be poked and prodded uh, um, on, on medicine like this. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's fantastic. Having those people on. So what kind of format is it though? So people can visualize what you're doing. It's, it's an online summit, right? <clears throat> it's, it's almost all online. We have a couple of in-person events here in Oakland. Okay. Um, if anybody's in the Bay area, you can join us Friday night. But yeah, people can just log in. We have teachers from around the world. I think we have seven countries, something like that. Um, I was really trying to get the Psychedelic Society of India to join us because there's a Psychedelic Society of India like in Mumbai. And do you know what those guys are up to? No. Um, Biolocation? Me neither. <laughs> I have no idea what they're doing in India. I want to know. You know, it's like, wouldn't that be like, I just, you know, it's, it's, what are they, what are they doing in Hong Kong? Like I would, I've been looking. So I know a guy who runs, he publishes a magazine on like Siberian shamanism, Siberian and like Mongolian shamanism. And I reached out to him and was like, I need you to connect me to the shaman in Mongolia who's working with the mushroom. And he was like, oh, no, no, there aren't any. There aren't any. They're, they don't do that. They just play drums. And I'm thinking to myself, either this guy is lying or he doesn't know. Either way, we've got to go to Mongolia. So, you know, this thing happened kind of on a shoestring and, and a little bit at the last minute. But it's certainly my hope 
that you know, we can continue to reach further and wider and get an even wider variety of people's experiences and opinions because mushrooms grow on every continent, right? There's nowhere you can, I mean, maybe not in Antarctica, but basically anywhere you can go, if you look hard enough, there's psilocybin there. What growing out of the ground mm -hmm. for your enjoyment. Yeah. We just had the Liberty caps and when we were kids and like, that's all I thought was these were the only mat, like in my little world, like that was the magic mushroom, right? That was it. And There's a hundred and some different kinds. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I'd like to get like a little sample kit that just had them all, you know, send me an eighth of each mm -hmm. and I can, you know, and I'll do a nice controlled study. Is there quite well, a difference between them? Controlled probably is not a good word for my study. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, wouldn't it be, we're going to get to the time, I'm hoping, that we can have like a Mushroom of the Month Club. Ooh, and I right? could just That's, sign up and it comes in the mail. Yeah, like, uh, you know, once it's legal, there's no reason why you couldn't just get, you know, Penis Envy one month and Albino Teachers the next. Penis you know, Envy even... doesn't sound like fun. Albino Teachers does, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds a little well, racist, you know... but... <laughs> It'll um, it'll even come uh, with a little journal, a little trip journal for you. Perfect. Yeah, you could have like instead of escape rooms, you could just have like trip out palaces where everybody just goes and eats the mushrooms <laughs> and hangs out in a safe environment, hopefully for however many hours. That sounds like a liability without nightmare. being poked and prodded by yep. scientists. Well, you were talking about in in that other podcast as well the groups that you. Uh, that you help facilitate and that, that are important to this community, right? People finding their group to, to not just do it alone all the time. Right. Right. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of medicine in community. Uh, there, you know, people go through intense things and the thing is, is like, you know, um, I guess we're all, we're all, I was talking to a man earlier today, you know, the, and are you guys familiar with Neil, Neil Casal? I don't think so. Neil Casal was the guitar player for the Chris Robinson Brotherhood. Oh. And he had a band called Circles Around the Sun. Hmm. And one of his, he's got this masterpiece of a project where he uh, produced the music that they played at the Fair Thee Well concerts at the Grateful Dead 50th anniversary. And he played Lockin, Lockin's hmm. music festival. He played Lockin like two weeks ago and just crushed it all weekend and played amazing sets all weekend long and then committed suicide. Like so shocking, like, like so surprising and every, and people knew that, you know, he was a sensitive guy, but nobody expected that he was going to do anything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, what is it like to not have anybody to talk to, to be a brilliant person, that everybody loves and have nobody to be like, you know, I'm having a rough time today. And so we live, you know, we have extreme personalities. Most of us, like we're strange and we do weird shit and we do some stuff that's kind of like on the dangerous side from time to time. And, you know, what are we doing to support ourselves and each other? Right. I mean, I don't mean to be too much of a downer, but, you know, th this kind of shit happens, you know, this kind of shit happens in our community a lot. And so does an integration circle give people a chance to kind of unload? You know, it's like people who are, it's like, 
you know, my intention that it's it's sort of like halfway between a support group and like halfway between like a meditation class, right? Like like so there's a one end, there's a, like a practice aspect of it of people getting better and better and growing and growing. And on the other hand, there's this aspect of like, what does it mean to like have a tough time? And what does it mean to show up for each other? And, you know, take like two hours out of our lives to not just like screw around, you know, to not just, you know, to fuck off. Yeah, I think the the big thing there is you're offering connection. mm -hmm. That's, you know, a huge thing that's lacking from, uh, you know, a lot of people's lives right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the kind of connection. I mean, I, I'm a fan of the internet. Uh, you know, I'm a fan. Of, I'm not, I'm not a Luddite, but there's something about, you know, sitting in a circle, um, and sort of just, you know, yeah, it's being, being with each other. That's like really powerful, especially like, you know, we're also a community that's been stigmatized, right? It's like, there was, can you imagine like this 20 years ago? Yeah. Like when we were sort of like hiding in basements, you know, and like didn't want anybody to know. And you couldn't even say this kind of, you couldn't say this kind of thing without people think you were crazy, crazy or like a clear and present danger. Yeah. And so like just the fact that like, you know, you can, again, you know, we're talking about the body, you know, it's like, I think about being able to go into a room where everybody is openly exploring their consciousness in this way. And it's just like, oh, it's such like a load off. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's like, how do we kind of create a community? And the thing is, we're not a protected class, right? Psychedelic users, like, they're not going to pass a law saying that you can't discriminate against us, right? We have to take care of each other. We have to, we're going to live or die on our own merits. And that means, you know, we, we do some harm reduction and we, we, we care for each other. How long do you think before it becomes legal? And, and where you can go into a store... And maybe purchase, uh, you know, whatever strain you want. Well, you can in Canada in some places, right? There's some dispensaries in Canada starting to open up. Really? That's got to be Vancouver. Okay. That's yeah. the only place I could see that <laughs> shit flying. Well, what do you think the percentage the, of the population is that does or has done psychedelics, I guess? Like five, oh, I don't have those, 5% maybe? I don't know. I don't have those numbers. I, I am pretty sure that once it's legal, the number won't raise all that much. Yeah. Where with weed, I mean, it, it was raise- probably like 60%, you know? So it was kind of a no-brainer, but... Well, you know well, what the beauty is, is that, that in, you know, decriminalization seems better anyway. In a lot of ways, just make it so you just stop giving a shit. I mean, the, I got countless buddies that go picking mushrooms and mushroom picking season. So it's not like they cost a fortune. It's not like, you know, if the government gets involved, they're just going to cost more money and they're not going to be as good and it's going to be shitty. So, I mean, I like the route of decriminalization personally. Just just stop giving a shit. Yeah. Well, the thing that's different about cannabis and mushrooms is that you can smoke a lot of weed. People can smoke, you know, it's real easy to smoke more weed than you can grow. And so you sort of need like these big operations to produce all of the weed that people are going to (laughs) smoke with mushrooms. Like it's real easy to grow more mushrooms than you ever want to eat. Yeah. Right. It's like 
for like 25 bucks in materials and you get a spore print wherever you get it and you can grow mushrooms in your closet that will that you won't know what to do with yeah like kombucha and you know it's like when when mushrooms are decriminalized you're just going to end up with like you know a higher percentage of people with them in their freezer you know like you're saying like you have your dmt in the drawer and you're like i don't i don't i'm not not ready to do it so i've always got some mushrooms around too just in case you know like you just right you should have these things i think on hand just in case (laughs) they're in your go bag yeah Yeah. you know i know i got i got my bago bag (laughs) mostly psychedelics So what 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 made you or what what's your interest in psilocybin compared to all the all the rest of the psychedelics out there? Is there something that uh, that you gravitate towards or a reason why it's well, it's focused on that? Well, I grew up on them, you know, and so there is like you know I'm not like an ayahuasca guy, right? You know, it's just never wow. I mean, I I've tried it, but you know, it's like I'm not trying to be in ceremony like every other week. Yeah. Um, and then I realized that there was there there's have you heard of the nine twenty coalition? Yep. So, you know, I'm friendly with with one of the guys who works at the nine twenty coalition, and I had been doing these events and and such um, at this really nice coffee shop in Marin. Uh, it was an old bookstore and tea house called Open Secret. And, you know, Ram Dass used to speak there and Alan Watts used to speak there and stuff like that. And it's just got like these real like crusty old hippie vibes um, that are also, you know, it's very high too. very, you know, a lot of a lot of wisdom going through there. And they would let us do some events there. We would have conversations about DMT and we would have conversations about uh, psychedelics and sexuality and things like that. And my guy lost his lease. And so I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm without a space right now. Um, maybe it's a sign I should do some more stuff online. And then it was like, oh, well, maybe I should do something online for 920. And so that's sort of kind of how I stumbled into it. Hmm. And, you know, it hadn't been done before um, on this scale, at least. And so that seemed, it seemed kind of like we should give it a shot, see if we could pull it off. So far, so good. Great. So I found this here. Vancouver website is selling psilocybin mushroom capsules by mail. To qualify, you need a documented diagnosis for a condition that qualifies for shroom therapy. <laughs> uh, showing promise in medicine, there's evidence that it could treat depression, anxiety, alcoholism, drug addiction, and PTSD. So I don't know if it's those or just to those, but that's like 90% of the population. Oh yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I mean, everyone's got some trauma and a little depression and, uh, sprinkle on some anxiety for good measure. We should all mm-hmm. be microdosing. I mean, I joke sometimes that, you know, like that should be, you know, like when you, after you graduate your high school, you mm-hmm. eat some mushrooms and then you go on with your life. I used to like it every three months. You just, yeah, you do a a pretty mellow trip every three months, and it kind of sets you straight. Gets re- it blows out the depression, and it really seems like all those older cultures, though, you know, they had that sort of the psychedelics were really used in a lot of different cultures for a coming of age sort of ceremony, and it kind of switches right. that. It can kind of beat down that ego in a way, so that you don't have to have a midlife crisis to do it, or you know, whatever the fuck ends up happening. Maybe it never happens. Yeah. 
But, Mm -hmm. you know, there seems to be this thing where you lose your ego later in life that you could probably do at a much earlier age with some, some, some psilocybin and some healthy guidance along with it. Like, you know, like a shaman. Well, that's really interesting because, you know, everybody is interested in using the psychedelics to kind of undo the trauma that they've endured. Um, But what would it just be like if we had a culture where we just didn't create it so much? You know, like if, if we were if we were more regularly initiated and we were more regularly like tuned in to like what is kind and appropriate behavior for an interconnected people. Like perhaps we you know, what if we raised our babies? What if we treated our babies better when they came out of the birth canal? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Could we just like try not to traumatize our children quite so much? Well, and wasn't it psychedelics that kinda opened up the door or maybe uh I don't know if it's psychedelics or psilocybin, but with those studies or with those people that were having those memories, I mean, didn't that kind of open up the door to maybe this, this trauma that does happen uh, before mm-hmm. you're even born? Right. I mean, that's some of Groff's work, right? Yeah. yeah. Groff was really interested in like the perinatal matrix and like, you know, the pre-birth traumas and things like that. But it would be really nice to see what our culture would be like if, you know, people were doing whatever it was to, kind of tone down the fact that they're, you know, we're totally freaked out most of the time, you know, that if we were, you know, had, had some sort of practices, you know, psychedelic or otherwise that were tuning us into like the better parts of our nature. Yeah. That's funny. The whole shock and awe thing when that started, you know, that was mm-hmm. what it was really all about. That's when it really got rolling that we were constantly under bombardment of the shocks to the psyche for fear 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 oh dude when i was watching we were watching zeitgeist the first zeitgeist when recently oh years ago no this isn't this was probably five or six months ago (laughs) peeking out on mushrooms and we're just like we're just they're coming on we're looking for stuff to watch and we're like we throw on the zeitgeist for whatever reason and the beginning's got that whole like spiel about all the religions and stuff but the beat's real good yeah so we're just like zoned out beaten going with the beat and then it like phases into that section part second part which is like desert storm oh, and 9-11 it's like, like, like it's like guns, and it's like doo, 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 and marching soldiers and fucking explosions and we're yeah. just like no <laughs> shut it off <laughs> what an experience yeah his first one was definitely the best i i thought for sure but uh um, really digging on the new dark crystal on the topic of you know pop culture of uh, trippy pop culture yeah the new dark crystal's trippy cool I what's that? that it's a animated uh kind of semi-animated like the original dark crystal but it's on netflix it's a it's a new series dark crystal is you don't know what the original one? yeah it's yeah. like well, you know, oh, yeah, I get, yeah muppet yeah it's jim henson's work yeah he's not really old enough yeah i'm so just it was, a kid it was a groundbreaking movie with puppets it was just really kind of high woo and and um yeah puppet show it was yeah. very very trippy back Fantasy, in like the 80s. Yeah. yeah nobody had seen D&D anything player? like that yeah you were supposed to eat mushrooms to go see it or something probably perhaps yeah am i a dnd no i i am not a dnd player okay i just wondering because graham's really into dnd and he seemed really excited about that mm. show too i was wondering if no was i just w- tried to watch it the other day so I, I wonder if D and D's are like. Uh, me, I'll try. When you're doing <laughs> psychedelics, you don't play D and D. 
No, Darren doesn't yet. No, he's, it's an inside he's, joke. Yeah, it's an inside, it's an inside joke. joke. Yeah. Right. I mean, I can see how like those many sided dies could be interesting. Yes, exactly. The platonic solids for sure. I mean, that's just. Well, this is it. The way I think it is, is like D and D is Graham's psychedelic experience. He gets in there. He's got all these weird shaped dice that are like the DMT shapes and he's making up stuff with his buddies and they're talking about D and L's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm Mind sitting on the couch manifested. eating mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're getting the same experience. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, for mushrooms, for me, it's always you just lose your ego for a little while. Like it kind of yeah. suspends it and you become an animal again. And you kind of start looking at the world more as like you would if you didn't have the ego ruling you all the time. Mm-hmm. And whatever you're in touch with, if you're in the trees, you can hear things that the wind says. You know, you could ask a question and the answer will come back to you. And it's something that you probably wouldn't have thought of. Who knows? You're on mushrooms, but. Can I ask you a question? Sh- sure. What's the last message that you got from the wind? Oh, I don't know. You, I don't, they, you just ask the wind whenever you want different things. I don't know. I've I've always had kind of a relationship with the wind, but I climbed. Tell me more about that. I want to hear more about the wind if you don't mind. I climbed really high. One time I uh, got on my, in high school, I got on my 10 speed after school and I think I ate some mushrooms either somewhere on the ride or just before it started, but. I only got to this big section of trees and I climbed way up into these oak trees. I was probably 60, 70 feet off the ground, just standing up there in the top of it. And like the wind is totally different up there. You know, it's down on the ground. It's much calmer, but up there, there's a lot more wind. And I don't really remember exactly what the questions were. They were just kind of like what I needed to know, you know, I kind of like got something off my chest and then got like all these like, I don't know. It's just, it answers you, but it's like a loving, it's a, like a loving embrace and a wisdom that kind of blows through. You just have to open your mind to it. And on mushrooms, it's easier, but mm. I don't know. Right. I mean, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I just, you know, it's kind of my day job to listen to people tell me their trip tales. <laughs> well, I had another one that I think I've told here before is we were playing in the backyard of this, um, this guy's house that supposedly it was on an Indian sacred space, which probably was, it was like on a hill facing East, but this guy's house was, had a really nice backyard. You mean like the rest of the continent? Yeah, but it was in upstate New York. So it was like Onondaga territory. Right. And, uh, we were playing like Frisbee and catch and whatever. And the ball went over my head and into this pine tree and, it didn't come out. Like I looked all around the ground and it wasn't on the ground anywhere. And everybody kind of gathered around me and they were giggling and they, like I was being initiated, like you were saying. And, and we were all on mushrooms and, uh, they said, you have to ask the tree for your ball back. And I kind of scoffed at it. You know, my Mm -hmm. ego did a little bit and they're like, no, you really do. And I asked kind of like, all right, tree, give me the ball back, you know? And they're like, come on, man, you got to connect with it. You got to like open your heart and connect with the tree and ask for the ball back. And so I did. So I did. And no shit, the ball like drops to the ground and rolls to my feet. (laughs) And it was just like, it changed everything. You know, it changes, it changes the whole way you look at the world when something like that happens, you know? Right. So was it so the what, did you, what did you learn? Was it the Indian sacred space? Was it the 
connection of the friends. I mean, I think it's just the combination of all the things, I guess. Right. I don't know. I learned that consciousness is in every, everything everywhere. And all you have to do is open yourself, believe in it. You know, that's the main thing. Like a transmitter only works if, if it's on the right frequency and you believe in it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, am I boring you? No, that's no, great. No, it's great. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. I remember one time I was tripping out and I had the insight that because I always used to be one of those people that let the water run for a while or I'd fill up my cup because I didn't want the water and the, I wanted to get the water out of the line. I didn't want the water out of the pipe. So I wanted to get that water out first. And one time I was just, I'm tripping out and I went to go get some water. And I just had this vision of like going down to the pipe into more pipes and pipes and pipes and pipes. And I was just like, it's just pipes for fucking miles. What's the fucking difference? <laughs> What's the difference? Yeah. Right. You thought there was six feet of pipe and then like a natural aquifer. Yeah. Spring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was like, I had that experience, like going down the pipe, you know? It was interesting. And then there was, remember that Joey's house that time when someone came down the stairs and I just had that like insight that you're, that, that the air, you know, the air we're immersed in is in a vacuum. You're like sunk to the bottom of it and the birds are swimming in it and you're sunk in it. And I noticed it because when Buddy came down the stairs, I could like feel the. You know, we were like opposite the stairs. So as he was coming down each stair, it's like I could feel feel the the shockwaves hitting me. Yeah. Well, that's Mm -hmm. what meteorology is. is It's the rivers that are in the atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was pretty cool. Same thing. So I'm really digging that kind of both of you, you know, talked about elemental things. Right. We started with the wind. You know, we started with the wind and and how the wind kind of talks to you and stuff. And then there was this kind of brief detour into water. But then you went and you talked about air again and the quality of like being in the air. And so it's like just this is these are themes that come up a lot for people. You know, it's like and remind us that we are natural beings like we are natural beings. We are made of the elements, just like the rest of the earth is made out of the elements. And it's like that those things you know bless us and teach us and it's really kind of creates a little bit more like depth of understanding and harmony you know harmony with with the land and harmony with the elements and and with each other so do you think like uh is that part of the bad trip experience then maybe is just trying to drag it into the modern world or trying to do it in a party scene or what about people that maybe aren't, you know, is there like a grounding people that are more grounded or more likely to have those, uh, you know, like a more, you know, less intense trip, I guess, or a less scary trip or a less bad trip. Or... Well, I don't know. I mean, what is our definition of bad trip? Uh, waiting to die. That was acid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've only heard of bad trips on acid. That not, was acid, though. Well, that wasn't even, that was more than that. And I some mean, come on. Mushrooms can like, be intense, but rarely. And are alcohol, they bad. too, probably. I mean, that was a mix of everything. I know mushrooms, I think the worst I've had is that you fart and you think you shit your pants. Right. <laughs> you I've had tell. that happen. You a lot. Like, I remember the one time we were all sitting around and we're like, we're watching Shrek. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, we're all watching Shrek and we had made this tea. And we, we made way too much tea. And we were just like, man, we're just, I bet you I was 19. I had just moved into my first, my own place for the first time. And uh, 
yeah, we were just peeking out and Shrek's on doing all these crazy stuff and I fart. And for like an hour, I'm sure I shit my pants. And I'm like, God, I'm like, what a tool. What am I, what am I can't believe I've done this. I'm like, I, I gotta go to the bathroom and deal with this. But as soon as I get up, everyone's, I'm convinced everyone already knows I've shit my pants. <laughs> Right. And if I get up, it's just going to confirm it. But anyway, long story They're short. They're each other in coughs. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I went to the bathroom and sure enough, I hadn't shit my pants. You know what else is funny about that? Uh, later that night, Scoob, it's like, we're like coming down, you know, it's like four in the morning or something like that. And uh, Scoob's like, I got to get my truck home for six so my dad can go to work. And I'm like, What? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I gotta go. And I'm like, that's fucking craziness. And I'm like, I couldn't imagine driving right now. And he's like, I gotta go. <laughs> so he like, he goes and I think he's gone. And uh, like five minutes later, he comes back in the door and he's like, I don't think I can do it, man. <laughs> and I'm like, where's your truck? And he's like, I just left it, man. <laughs> so I like, I look out the window and it's like three houses down, just like running, <laughs> running in the middle of the road, still with the door open. Uh, yeah, that so was that was probably one of the off... first times I ate mushrooms, actually. That I wasn't like a kid and pissed drunk when I did it. Right. We were only eating mushrooms. We weren't drinking. We weren't. We were only. I think that was the first time that I only did mushrooms and nothing else. So I want to start off. But my answer to this question that I think is still a question um, is that people are that some people are allergic to dairy products and some people are allergic to wheat and some people are allergic to peanut butter. All right. So assuming that a person is not allergic to, to mushrooms or whatever drug they're taking. All right. So let's just assume that their physiology and the substance that they're eating interacts well together. Right. Um, let's also assume that they have a reasonably good mental bill of health or they're taking a substance that's like appropriate for the healing of their mental health, right? And that they're taking an amount that is somehow appropriate, right? So we've got all this to figure, right? Because I've seen people who get cranky, you know, if they eat too much pizza, you know what I mean? Like people get cranky if they eat an allergen, right? And especially, you know. So it would make sense that sometimes people are taking things that um, don't jive well with their system, right? And that can lead to unpleasantness, right? That is not the fault of their psychology or their um, deep-seated trauma or anxiety or the fact that they don't have their shit together. But so let's say all things are like copacetic. You know, it's it's been my experience, you know, from what I can gather is, you know, these medicines reveal things that we need to work on, right? It's like, you know, you told me the story about like, you know, I'm going to leave the shit in your pants alone. Like, I'm not going to like psychoanalyze that part. Um, it's okay if you do. I, I'm not, I, I don't want to. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could draw your, you know, but, but there was insecurity there, right? So it was like, what happened was like, that's you being confronted with some insecurity. You know what I mean? You know, what's ironic is years later, I did shit my pants a little bit. It was cocaine was, took me down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's good. It came full circle. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes 
you know, people are, you know, the if fear is real easy because, you know, I'll talk to people and they're like, man, the, it was just really scary. And I was like, well, were you in a scary place? And they were like, no, I was actually like in this really nice house by the beach, you know, and the water was like perfect and the weather was perfect. And I was like, okay, well, were the people like frightening or terrifying? They were no, like, it was actually like a lot of like my, my really good friends that I, that I care a lot about. And I know they care a lot about me. I was like, well, what was scary? And they're like, it was just scary. (laughs) And so my question is, is like, well, can you just like own the fact that you have unresolved fear? And they're like, oh yeah. Like I have unresolved fear. Like I have fear of a lot of things. Right. And so sometimes it comes out in, you know, sometimes the stuff that we are able to push down through the rest of our life comes out in a psychedelic trip. And then like, if we don't necessarily have the wherewithal to deal with it, we then call that a bad trip. But what it really is, is grace. It's like, you finally get a chance to heal that shit that you've been trying to avoid your whole life. Yeah. That's that's my theory on bad trip. It's an interesting choice of word. You went with grace there. I was actually listening to a Tony Robbins clip like just a couple hours ago where he was equating grace with uh, higher power instead of God. He Hmm. believes in a grace. Hmm. Right. Well, the thing about grace, so like I'm a Ram Dass guy. Like when I was first getting high as a kid, like I was reading a lot of Be Here Now and other Ram Dass books and he talks a lot about grace and, and LSD for that matter. And he just talks about it as being something that's unearned you know it's like you can't earn grace you know it's like you know whether it's a ball falling out of a tree or where it comes from or what you want to call it there are things that happen to us that are are kind of special and meaningful and give us an ability to sometimes transform our lives or grow in ways we didn't imagine and we didn't earn it it was you know i don't know what else to call it Hmm. interesting like a synchro. I think you can embrace it though and maybe get more of it. Right. So have you done it, have you one. done anything like that with your psilocybin? Like tried I mean we when the time I ate mushrooms on the show, which you can get if you support the show, grammerica.ca slash support. Um mm-hmm. we tried to do some like remote viewing stuff and stuff like that. Didn't go well. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if you've done any intention stuff or anything like that. Or trying to do like manifestation or, or things like that, or, or even, even like unconventional healing. I can't, other focus than PTSD on or I can't focus on anything. Like, I don't know how you would do you'd that. You'd need someone doing it. Yeah. yeah. You'd need a guide. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what did you ask six questions? Yeah. Well, that's how it you is. could you yeah, t- take your pick. Yeah. Pick one. <laughs> so, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of intention setting. Um, I'm a big fan of intention setting and I think that that works. And I feel like if you submit something to your bio computer, you know, you will get a response. Um, it might not always be the response you want. It's sort of, there's a, one of my teachers once said, um, if you pray for patience, you get traffic. <laughs> so you know, if you're like, my intention is to, you know, you know, my intention is to be free from fear, right? 
You know, I mean, there's a chance that you just feel fearless. There's also a chance that like you're confronted with everything that you're afraid of. Yeah. Right? So it's sort of like a crapshoot with how your biocomputer would like to deal with the issue. I found but, from experience that you have to intend what you want and what you don't want. So you have to you have to kind of give it parameters basically. You can't just say I want abundance. You have to put a parameter on it. And then it comes more in a in a way that you want it. So you know, so you, so you don't get so much of what you don't want. You know, it doesn't slingshot. No, no one of my favorites is so I, I like again the somatic in the body. Someone give me like an some an intention. What kind? Of, what? Just <laughs> an intention. Okay. Like one, one of your okay. Okay. Like, okay. He, Darren's got a bunch. He should. Which he should. one? I don't know which one you want. Okay. Here's one. We're doing a. Uh, how about which one do you want to do? Just for your summit. The intention is for your summit. Yeah, let's to do an intention really for your well. summit to be a great first summit and yeah. the start of great things to come. Cool. And then we'll intention Graham to lose 10 pounds after that. Right. So, but okay. Not too so big. Thank you. Thank you for the selfless intention. I appreciate your care. Now, tell me, how will you feel when you hear that my summit goes amazing? Awesome. I'll feel great. Ecstatic, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so where we, how will you feel that in your body? I'll feel it as a uh, swelling in my chest. Yeah. Like tingly <laughs> swelling. Yeah. That's good. An elation. Right? So what we're going to do now is let's just all like take like a few breaths and just like feel that in our bodies. Cool. And so it's, just maybe one more breath and we'll come back. So like that experience. So what was that experience like? Peaceful so for me. Peaceful. Yeah. 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 So it's like that for my money is as powerful an intention as anything that's just like words. Yeah. Yeah. The emotional part of it is key. You got to feel that you have to feel the emotion you're going to feel. When you mm -hmm. get what you're intending, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. I mean, it's also I, pictures. You can also be words. like grateful for it. You oh. know what I used to trick into getting that? I used that the clip where the soul, where the kid came home early, or the kid's dad came home early from work and surprised him. Just spend and the kid got right. all excited. Yeah. yeah, comes and surprises him at school. That's my go-to. Yeah. Got stuck in Discord for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm reading so the spiritual. I, uh, I'm reading the spiritual alchemy book right now, and one of the meditation practices in there is to. And this is to bring in, to bring out all your false selves to be, you know, to become more of your authentic self. And it's to think of that experience, a past experience, and bring that emotion into three of these parts in your body and to feel it. And it's hard to do. It's really hard to feel like to bring in, like, let's say this happiness and then go through my heart and my, I think the, the, you know, the root is the other one in your head. And I mean, it's very hard to feel like what it feels like in that it's you can i find you can hack you can hack your way there with music sometimes or yeah. like you find like just like there's a bunch of youtube videos that are just real tear jerkers and that'll kind of get you into that and once that'll kind of hack you in so once you can get yourself crying now you're it's open, oh, i just have to watch season. like i watch uh that that 12 year old boy on the piano doing bohemian rhapsody or or the 
or like 50,000 people at Wembley or at the uh, that park in England singing Bohemian Rhapsody all together like that I'd start bawling. Just to see Sneedless some drums. Yeah. And then after you come out of your cry, then try and do it. Okay. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying? It's like the ability to change your state consciously on demand. Yeah. Right? Is um, Is a powerful thing. Right. And if we're in a weird place and we're like, oh, I can just like, I'm just going to change to a place of peace and gratitude right now. Like, I know that there's like all like hellhounds are after me and I shit my pants, but I'm just going to sit here in peace and gratitude. And like, usually the hellhounds kind of disappear. You know, the shit reveals itself to be nothing but insecurity. But that's really frequency. It's like one of the tenets of uh, stoicism. Mm. Well, it's really where the meditation practice comes in, though, because if you, if, you know, so you can be mindful of those states. I mean, a lot of times, you, you know, you're not even aware I'm in that state that I need to, to get out of. So if mm-hmm. I have a little bit of mindfulness there to catch myself before I get too wrapped up in it. Right. And you, you know what we call that little bit of mindfulness? Awareness? Grace. Grace. There you go. Oh, that's, <laughs> I love it. Right? Because where else is it like that? that sit not Han. Uh, you know, the master, master Buddhist teacher has a book called the miracle of mindfulness. And oh, it kind of really yeah. is. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's the ability to like catch yourself. Like, how does that even happen? Yeah. It's like, Oh my God, I'm tripping out. Oh yeah. my God. I'm like looping right now. Yeah. You know, the fact that we are somehow able to do that is a, is a great mystery. You know, I'll take that over the Mariana trench any day. Yeah, well, we're just starting to look into all that stuff. I think in a lot of ways. So, have you have you used psilocybin in, to to um, enhance some of those practices at all, or the stuff like the six questions that Darren asked? What are the six questions Darren asked? One was about healing. Oh, he, you know, it was really interesting. I was with this was actually many years ago. Um. The kids, you know, I was, well, I was, you know, 22 or something like that, 23. And there were these kids who were like a little older than me, you know, these, these deadheads that were like, kind of seem, they were like older and wiser. They were probably like 28, you know? Um, and they had gotten some Albert Hoffman LSD, like some real live Albert Hoffman LSD. And they're like, oh yeah, we're going to take the, we're going to take the Hoffman. And, and it was good. It was, it was really good stuff. And at one point in the evening, one of the guys was giving one of the girls a massage. And I saw it, and it was like the most beautiful thing I had ever seen in my life, you know, talking about healing. And I could see that as he was working on her, like all of this like love energy and light was kind of flowing through him into her, and that it was being reciprocated. And it was, you know, you know, looping around and things like that. And I was like, this is fascinating. And I took a few breaths like into my heart and it like started to like, oh, wow, it's like I can do this, too. And so I started like doing some body work on like one of the other girls. And it was just like this room just became like infused with healing light that was just built. You know, it's like none of us, nobody was a, a trained massage therapist. You know, nobody, nobody had any like particular skill, but there was this kind of level of love and joy and care. It was just, you know, being th- coming out of the heart and through the hands. Mm. And 
and it was um, kind of mind blowing and life changing, you know. And I actually, you know, worked as a massage therapist for many years after that. That was, you know, that a lot of my my body work was like deeply inspired by by that evening. Wow! Does that answer your question? Yeah, that'll do. I accept that <laughs> answer. <laughs> Judges. <laughs> Seven point six. I'll give it a solid eight. Yep. So you guys know okay, each what, other. What we do didn't I need to add next time for it to be a, a ten. You have to tell I... us where that story ended. It ended on the Grand America podcast. Excellent. <laughs> Present moment, baby. It's an eight point five. It never ends. <laughs> yeah. So you and Michael know each other. I, I thought we, we had this met. crazy profound sync. Oh, you've never met? I'm I'm not sure. I think we may have met. I mean, we have a mutual friend. So but Michael, that mutual friend knows a bazillion people. Michael texted me the other day. He's like, I want to book my buddy on the show. I said, send me your number and I'll book him. And then he texted me a little while later and he's like, okay, I booked him. And, uh, <laughs> and then I went in the chats and it turned out you guys were first. I thought it was crazy. Cause I thought you guys were just long lost friends that were meeting up in the chats. Like I turned on the chats yesterday and it's like, so wait, did you go to high school with this guy? And he's like, I love that guy. And I'm like, what's going on here? But then it turned out it was Daniel. So I don't yes. know. And then Daniel had only joined the chats when Michael invited him on the show. So the, the synchro degraded quickly down to, <laughs> you know, a three or a four. But it was for a while there. I was excited. Yeah, but still, you like mushrooms. He's all about mushrooms. Yeah. It's kind of a... It was yeah, interesting when I... the summit coming up, which sounds like it's going to be amazing. What's, that, what's so the I date mean, on that? Um, September 19th to the 22nd. Did we Oof. plug the coupon code for you? No, guys? we haven't talked about it yet. We're going to have to okay, get what, this out quick. So psilocybinsummit.com slash Grimerica, and they'll get 10% off. Awesome. Yeah. And this is an online thing. I might check it out. How much is it? It's, well, we have the early bird tickets end on September 9th. So get them while they're hot. And the live stream only is $49 and the forever access, which includes access to the forum. We're building a bulletin board forum. You'll have forever access to the forum and that's $79. Huh. There you have it. That's awesome. I might check that out. Very I might reasonable. be watching. Maybe I'll sit right here in the studio. I'll dip into my uh, bug out bag and I'll just <laughs> sit back and we'll make. Enjoy. Maybe you guys should host one of them. Maybe you should, if you see like one of the talks that you guys want to host, you, we could maybe work that out. That's not a bad idea. Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm up for whatever. I mean, we got our buddy Ben sending them this ancient statue to the studio, some 10,000 or 15,000 year old statue, He's sending it to Canada, to the studio so that I can eat mushrooms with it. And then we're going to keep it around here for a couple of weeks. We're allowed to use it as a decoration for the studio, and then we have to send it back. We're doing an intro for that episode tonight. We're doing an intro for that episode yeah. right the, after this. It's the Nomali. The Nomali the no, yeah, statues. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. the Nomali statues. Do you think I need to be worried? I don't worried? know what that is. Do you think uh, it, you should be worried eating mushrooms with ancient statues? Ancient, uh, ancient magical statues? Well, it's not even just a statue. It could well be like a uh, an idol. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's the difference between a statue and an idol? Uh, like a statue at Walmart. A, the <laughs> statue is like a garden gnome, and a where an idol, idol has, has like, like has powers. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, so I mean, should, would I should I tell you what I would do if this, if this was coming to me? Yes, that's a, that's sort of what I was getting at. <laughs> so I would Circle put it somewhere. I would I would put it somewhere preferential, 
like I would give it a nice place to sit. Yeah. Right. You know, maybe raise it up a little. You know, I certainly wouldn't put the thing on the floor. Right. You know, so I'd maybe I'd maybe put a piece of fabric under it. You know, a little mini tapestry or bandana or something. And then I would put, you know, I'd get a candle and a nice candle holder. And I would get like a little cup of water and I would maybe get it like a flower or put some crystals around it. And then I would do kind of what Michael said he did with the tree, you know, like he asked it, you know, so I would be like, you know, please bless the journey. Like, we're, we're grateful that you're here. Kind of like when the baby shows up, we were talking about before we started recording. Oh, my God, you made an amazing journey to be here with us. Thank you. You know, we're so glad you're here to be with us and just kind of give it like a little bit of consciousness and reverence. And if nothing else, you've practiced being like a gracious host. Yeah. You want to come, Michael? I love sure. it. All right. And Michael best case, and you know, best case, the, the stone recognizes this and sends you some pretty and, profound messages. Yeah. Exactly. As pleased. Yeah. As pleased with your offerings. Yeah. I often, I will often say, I know that I am not well versed in the ways of, you know, well versed in <laughs> your no ways. Mally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I know my offerings are meager. Right. Please forgive me. I'm doing the best I can. And usually it's like, yeah, we see that. Thanks. What's your uh, Good advice? I have to do that. Indeed. Before we run out of, um, before we run out of time, what's your sort of ritual before a psilocybin experience? Do you fast at all? Or do you, what's your, if you're like going you on know, a trip? I, 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 I suggest light, you know, light foods. Um, you know, I don't like to be too starving because, you know, sometimes some people have the munchies well adverse reactions to um taking mushrooms on an empty stomach that can just be irritating sometimes but you know probably like low allergen food you know something that you're not you know something that you digest easy or something like that and i will often do the directions right like ralph metzger who you probably know from the psychedelic experience with ramdas He's like a brilliant psychedelic therapist and teacher and leader. And if you Google like online, he has a prayer to the four directions. And so one of the things that does is it creates a sacred space, right? So you have a space that's sort of protected and sanctified on all directions, which helps, you know, at least in your mind, you know, and maybe in real life, it helps keep external influences from negatively affecting. And then it also kind of tunes you into the elements. Um, like we were talking about earlier, it's like those elemental experiences are real. And I have to tell you that there, there have been times when uh, it has felt like the elements have come to my aid. You know, just even there with my eyes closed and like, you know, just kind of exploring inner space. And, you know, you know my, my journey is taking twists and turns. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, this visual of like fire and it's just very, very purifying and very enlivening and inspiring. And it's been cool. And I've had that happen with all of the elements, right? The elements will come to your aid. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. You know, I'm also like an old time yoga practitioner, you know, and so I'm a big fan of the chakras. Um, so I will sometimes meditate my way up the chakras and sort of create a so calling the elements is interesting because that's sort of outer right it's outside the body in a lot of ways up and down so you know maybe six or seven elements depending um but sort of you know breathing from the heart out 
um, you know, breathing from the, the root chakra out, like taking your energy there and just allowing that kind of red light to go out in all directions around you. And then you have sort of this just rainbow container that you have generated and expanded out in every direction can be very, uh, very delightful, you know, very, very protective and very delightful. Um, I do like altar making. I think altar making is cool too. Yeah. Fantastic. Sounds like Gra- yeah. our friend Graham here hasn't eaten in like five days. So he'd be keen for to go on a fucking adventure. <laughs> Literally. But he fasting. doesn't partake. So it sounds like he's keen to take an adventure to a restaurant. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> exactly. I had to leave my food in the truck when Tim I got Horton, to the studio yeah. because he's tempted. And then Michael shows up and opens a big bag of food and he's like, have some fruit. Did you eat any? No. Did you know about the fast? He's a master troll, so you never know. You never know if Michael knew or not. I knew. <laughs> so, so what about? Uh, can you explain a little bit more about the uh, the format of this this thing? So, what are people going to get when they when they go on and register for the summit? Like, right, you're so going to see a bunch of different presentations and teachers and stuff, and be in, interactive, I guess, to a certain extent. Right. Um, so, I mean, the funny thing about Zoom is, so you'll log in, and then it will ask you what talks you're interested in oh, okay and you can and you can click all or you can click some oh wow and then you'll get um invitate email invitation so you're going to get a lot of emails this that weekend yeah with like your talk is about to start and there will be because it's the software interacts with zoom and it creates the zoom link yeah. and then you log in via zoom and the thing about zoom is um well, first of all, webinar for three thousand is not cheap. So there's that, but that, that's an aside. I was just a little. There was a little sticker shock when I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> all right." Well, I guess that's why we're charging admission. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but it allows the first hundred people to participate, and then if you're like one hundred one to three thousand, I don't think you can. Okay, but at least okay, we have a yeah, forum, yeah, and we're yeah. probably going to have people moderating the forum. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to get involved in something like that. If you do one down the road and you need someone to crack jokes in between talks or introduce people or Graham's good at that kind of stuff and I'll eat well, some mushrooms. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if, if you guys want to introduce somebody, like, like, you know, look and see if there's somebody who is interesting to you. If you want to like just, you know, we're here to welcome so-and-so. This is what their thing is about. And then maybe, you know, field some questions for them from the audience. You know, it's they'll probably have a presentation. It might be scholarly, so it'll be less conversational. Yeah, but yeah. it's like that would be totally cool if you guys wanted to do that. If you wanted oh, to host, oh, wow, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll think about that because we use Zoom quite a bit. So I can assume that you that you're using all the uh, the abilities in Zoom to to maybe ask questions or raise your hand, and everybody's muted. That kind of thing. Like somebody's uh, yeah. obviously moderating the whole thing, so the present presenter, but everybody gets that feel like they're in a live, uh, obviously like a live presentation. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it is. Before we cut you loose, can you finish with that uh, your friend's microdosing protocol? Who's my friend? We talked about it. No, I think we interrupted before. We, like, we what was it? Two one day on, two days off. What was the dose though? Um. Oh, little. Just a little bit. Like a quarter gram, or should you be worried about? Should you be measuring this out? Like, should Isn't you? That should a I? Lot for a should I bust I it up? Microdose is like micro. This is why I'm not asking you. 
should I like bust it up into, or should this person who's going to try it, would they bust it up into a powder and weigh it out in increments? Or do you just like eat a stem? That or? Not, that, that might not be a bad idea. And the, the other thing that, you know, of course is that, you know, you might want to grind it up and that way it's all mixed together. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Mix it together. Yeah. Then mix it together. Then measure you it out. Get yeah. Just all cap one day. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just on your way to work. You're like, Oh, <laughs> and then you know have you heard about what's his name's protocol the paul stamets protocol that was paul like Stam- i yeah that was you a weird one stamets, huh? it was like no i've been did i've been you? trying to get stamets for like a year and a half i thought you did ah oh, he's resisting they all resist for a while but they they give in eventually stamets is a is a tough is a tough ticket um but he suggested if you mix your psilocybin with lion's mane and niacin mm-hmm. Then it, then it helps to regenerate brain tissue and nervous tissue. Hmm. He calls it the neurogenesis stack. And so you potentially make yourself smarter by doing small amounts of psilocybin, you know, sort of a nutritive dose mixed you, with um, these other mushrooms. You might get that niacin flush too, which uh, might, you, help, uh, might help the whole feeling come on, come on, it. turbo boost it. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd, I'd be really interested in that information. Did you write that into the thing? You should try that. Yeah, yeah I'd like to try that. Well, what I'm going to, I'm just going to say it again. Okay. And, and it's just Paul Stamets neurogenesis. Oh yeah, we'll be able to, did you put that in? <laughs> you got that? I'm not typing right now. I got to, I got to focus. Man. I'm on. <laughs> and niacin. Oh man! Be my best behavior for the America show. No, no, we pre- we we prefer uh, if you let things loose a little bit on the America show. Yeah, you got to be careful Woo! where you go next, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. Who says you can't wear stripper stripper clothes all day? <laughs> my wife was like, "Oh, they're recording you." Yeah, wear the cowboy shirt. Nice. We're glad you we did. We are in Calgary, so you fit yeah. right in. It's perfect. It's Cowtown. Yeah, it's Cowtown. It's epic. Oh. Well, so I, while we're like, before we close off, why don't you give us like a few of your favorite psychedelic bands? So some of your favorite psychedelic music. Well, it's funny because I was going to ask you what, what you're like, one of your, one of your psychedelic uh, tr- trips or like one of your most memorable experiences that we might want to hear Pink about. Floyd, of course. And then for me, it would be the Orb. The orb, oh, the, and pin, the orb and Pink Floyd. The orb is just like an all-time favorite for me still. Even Have you ever heard of a band called Galactic? Yes, I've seen Galactic with Houseman. Yeah, we got them to come to Alaska, and I nice. I had done the uh, print in your closet thing that you were talking about earlier, and they said that was the best that they had ever had. They went salmon fishing that day and just tripped their faces off and came back and played that night. The Day Lodge, it was awesome. I like to find a mix, a mushroom mix whether it's on YouTube or Spotify. And then, you know what I find is when you're sitting back and, and going, it's like every time it switches it up, the music switches up and you're like, it's a whole new groove. And sometimes you don't like it at first. You're like, oh man, this sucks. I was just loving. Then you're like, all right, this is all right. And then next thing you know, you're in love with that one. And then it switches again. And it's like, sometimes I swear the light level in the room is changing when the music changes. It's something like else. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I can turn you guys on Spotify. There are a lot of, I have a friend who's a, a, a doctor who does a lot of ketamine-assisted psychotherapy. And he makes r- some really good mixes for for his ketamine journeys. And 
you know, they're they're a little bit more on the electronic side, but they work. I love they're that good. electronic shit when I'm tripping out. Love it. And, and so speaking of the orb, there was one time when I was in Nepal, I was in the Annapurna Mountains. You know, something like I mean, I don't I forget how high I was, but it was, you know, as high as I had ever you know, um, altitude wise that I'd ever been in my life. I was surrounded by um, you know, some of the tallest mountains in the world. You could see them from where we were, you know, probably like six of the top 20. Wow. Um, smoking hash, listening to the orb. Ah, nice. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was a good, it was a good move. It's a good night. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot to do, you know, in the mountains, except just like be in the mountains. Yeah. That's great. And there's just like, you know, that, uh, Shiva energy, you know, that sort of like mountain, you know, hashish smoking, yogi energy it's like very very good and the orb fit in just perfect for 100 percent. yeah we, nice we 15 had minute nice like 12 15 minute song we had orb mm-hmm. buddy on there years ago yeah we did we had chris chris weston yeah we had him on a while back one of the original guys i don't think i think we had him on twice yeah he's a real character i wonder if he still listens yeah shout know. out to chris talking about the orb again he's probably pissed off <laughs> Why is he mad? He, you should get him to do your inter- intro music. He had a little uh, crowdfunding thing going because he was kind of yeah. He, was he got his to, gear stolen yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah there was a bit of a bit lot. of a challenge going on. Yeah, mm, that's a bummer. Yeah. Anders Osborne, um, another you know sort of jam band musician. I think he's played with a bunch of people. Played in our neighborhood. He played at um, Terrapin Crossroads. So. You know, Murph, Terrapin Crossroads is the bar. It's down the street, owned by Phil Lesher, the Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. and that's where Murph and I, Murph and I went kayaking to see Steel Pulse this weekend, nice. right? And that's where Steel Pulse told me about you guys. That's where Murph told me about you guys. Awesome. But Anders played at, played there, and then you know went back to the hotel and they broke into his van and stole a bunch of his guitars. Oh. It was a real, real bummer. Fuckers. Oh. They'll get theirs. Karma will come around. When, yeah. yeah. So I guess if anybody has seen Anders Osborne guitars, like just, um, you know. Spam ground. Fucking yeah. crack them down. Well, Daniel, big thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, great to meet you. Indeed. Or see you again. We'll do this again sometime. We'll be in touch for sure. I'm around. You and know, let me know if you want to be a part of the summit. You guys have a coupon code for your audience. Absolutely. And this was super fun. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll push that uh, push that summit for sure, and yeah, hopefully we'll talk to you again. Yeah, best yeah, of really luck with it. Yeah, really appreciate it. Right on, Daniel. Best of luck. Enjoy your class. And that was a chat with Daniel Sidaram. Yep, I kind of uh, like yeah. Well, his Shane I think his his given name is Sidaram now, right? right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I that's the name we're not supposed to say. No, we are yeah. supposed to say it. Oh, oh okay. Are we? Probably because he had it on the Skype, so I felt I was going to apologize for getting like, I think I used his normal him? name and not his like his Rom name, name, you know, yeah, his, Rom his, name, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't, can't remember what that name like. Either way, like my friend, we've Marsh used them both now. So yeah, <laughs> there we go. He's, he's out. We're Thanks not good. We can't. We can't get our my buddy Mark is is uh, Ram Feck, and I can't get. I can't. I can't. I keep you know saying Mark all the time too. Oh, right? I, see. I can't get Ram Feck. 
Yeah. Well, it's tamintegration.com. So. Yeah, tamintegration.com and the com, which will have, there's a coupon code slash Grimerica. I can't remember what the discount is. It gets you 10% or 20% or something. 10%. Yeah. 10% off. 10% and then I off. think... Uh, I think we get something out of that too. I'm yeah, not sure. Everybody about, that signs up yeah. under the Grimerica thing. Yeah, so sign up under the Grimerica thing and then push it in the chats and push it, uh, you know, yeah, that'd be good to show him that there's some Grimerica support out there. I mean, Absolutely. a few days, a few days is, of uh, of talks about psilocybin would be fantastic. It seems like this is right up Grimerica's alley. Yeah, well, yeah. it's half of us, anyways. I might check well, it out. You're still interested in a lot of the. I might do it in a few. I might do it in a few years. It's yeah, the meditation, totally. no. the conscious integrations, and there, have you looked at the list? There's all sorts of awesome speakers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, saw I haven't looked them, at yeah. the list yet. I got to look at the list before I decide. Does anyone want to introduce? There might be some. Might be a real opportunity there. Is yeah. Doblin there? I'll look at the list Anyways, later. I mean, I mean, you're right. A lot of the stuff that was talked about was totally up my alley what I'm doing now, whether it's like yeah. even the, some of the protection stuff or the magical practice and the altar and the meditation. I mean, it all fits in with uh, stuff we talk about but all the time. You said that they use it for depression, anxiety, yeah. and alcohol addiction. Yeah. yeah. A couple more days yeah. of not eating and you'll be tripping out anyway. Maybe in a few years. I don't know. The guys in the chats were bugging me about it too, Mr. Barrett especially. To me, it's more of a medicine. Yeah. I no, I know, but you know, if I was early in recovery, I would. But I'm it's none you know, of those guys' business anyway. It's up to Graham. That's right. All right. Yeah, maybe in a few years. Big thanks, Dan, for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Extra big thanks to you guys who support the show. Gramerica.ca slash support. You really are cut above the rest. You're extra special. We love you. You keep the wheels on this motherfucker. And uh yeah, we're gonna ride it till the wheels fall off. But the more you support, the longer the wheels stay on. America.ca slash support. We love you. In the meantime, there's all that stuff in the show notes you can do. You can review the show. You can rate the show. Tell your friends about the show. You can sign up for the newsletter. Head over to contactatthecabin.com. Check out, uh, there's a newsletter there now. You can sign up for that so you get contact at the cabin updates. We'll have the Randall event coming up. You're going to want to get your updates there. Matheson event's got like three spots left. So if you want to go to that, you better email me ASAP. All that stuff's in the show notes. Do everything in the show notes. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Oh no, I think I've lost my way. Don't know if I'll ever make it back. Look at me, I'm no longer solid. I am abstract. I blow on my survival whistle. Point to the horizon Mercy me, it's so surprising My world is still intact I fell out of a hot air balloon And landed flat on a raccoon S.O.S. Help me soon S.O.S. Help me soon Gotta find shelter I feel like this caterpillar is mocking me in his cocoon. Who made the fire in Plato's cave? Made the fire in Plato's cave. Never thought that I'd be saved. Never thought that I'd be saved. Who made the fire in Plato's cave? Made the fire in Plato's cave. Never thought that I'd be saved. Never thought that I'd be saved till you came along. Loved me and shared with me the beauty of your world. I've lost my.
my way Don't know if I'll ever make it back Look at me, I'm no longer solid I am abstract I blow on my survival whistle Point to the horizon Mercy me, it's so surprising My world is still intact Think I ate a poisonous mushroom Fell on my bottom Went boom boom My tummy hurts My head aches Where are my angels? For goodness sakes Did I pray to the wrong deity? At least let me die with dignity Who made the fire in Plato's cave? Made the fire in Plato's cave Never thought that I'd be saved Never thought that I'd be saved Who made the fire in Plato's cave? Made the fire in Plato's cave Never thought that I'd be saved Never thought that I'd be saved Till you came along And freed me And loved me Shared with me the beauty of your